0: Daniel Gopar, and welcome to Emacs.l, the podcast that's all about Emacs and nothing but Emacs. We talk about packages, cooking figs, and the people who make all of this possible. Hello. Now, before we get into a podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to Mr. Juan Hernandez. And the reason for that is because he created the intro music that you just heard, and I love it. So yeah, thank you, uh, Juan Hernandez. Uh, You're awesome. Now, the second thing is I created a GitHub repository with all the potential guests and questions that we can ask. And what I would like people to do is to contribute to that repository by adding more questions or by adding people that you guys would like to hear and stuff like that. I will post a link to it. And the third and final thing is that when I recorded this first episode, uh, I was absolutely, um, I completely forgot about double checking double-checking the mic. We had some issues and we needed to restart, and uh, I completely forgot to double check the mic. So that is 100% my problem. And uh, I promise it will not happen again. <laughs> okay, that's it. Hello, welcome to the first episode of Emacs.l. This is your host, uh, Daniel Gopar. And for our first guest, we have uh, Sasha Chua. Uh, Sasha, do you want to introduce yourself uh,
1: briefly? Oh, hi, I'm Sasha Chua. I'm based in Toronto, and I you know I, I love using Emacs for all sorts of things, which I'm sure we'll get into in this first podcast. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, yeah, no problem. So first off, for anybody listening, I have to say that uh, if you hear background noises, I apologize for that. Um, there's something going on in my town, so it's really noisy right now. So I should have planned that ahead. That's Okay. Doing- giant billboards all over the city announcing this, that I, can do this <laughs> I
1: think of it this way if we could deal with emacs conf having sirens in the background a couple of airplanes no problem
0: yeah that is true <laughs> all right so basically uh, just the first question uh how did you get into emacs you know the question that everybody is asked once so yeah
1: Well, I was in university and trying to read as much as I could of the computer science books in the libraries, and I came across Unix Power Tools. This book had a chapter on Emacs, among lots of other tools, of course, and I think the chapter mentioned weird things like MetaX Doctor and MetaX Tetris, and I was like, what? this is a text editor. And so I started using it for programming and other interesting things. Um, but then I also got into outline mode and planner mode. And once I got into planner mode and that l- wonderful, wonderful community of, of people who use Emacs for, or running their lives, um, I got really hooked. It also helped that at some point in so, at some point in university, my laptop screen stopped working. You had to like tilt it so you actually didn't see anything. Bad contrast and whatever. But it turns out that of course, Emacs has Emacs Speak, which can work with a text-to-speech synthesizer like Festival Light also for free, so that you could actually get Emacs to talk to you. Uh, so it, whenever I couldn't read my screen, I got Emacs to tell me, you know, what was going on. Uh, reading. Manuals and and even uh, responding to email when I was you know just when I couldn't see that screen, cool stuff.
0: Well, that's interesting. I've uh, I've heard of Emacs speech, but I never really tried it out. So I, I want to see how it works. I'll, I'll try it out eventually.
1: <laughs> it's really cool. Like Emacs has all these strange and wonderful things that you can combine. Uh, speaking of Emacs Speak, by the way, so you know how there's ERC, which is one of the IRC clients or chat clients mm-hmm. within Emacs, and Emacs Speak lets you get stuff from Emacs and convert them into speech. Um, one of the things that I did before when I was, of course, supposed to be focusing on something else was to get ERC to use Emacs Speak to say things to me, whenever someone mentioned me in the Emacs channel on on FreeNode, so I could just, you know, do my thing in the background. But if if somebody wanted my attention, my computer would actually talk to me, and you can do that stuff with Emacs.
0: No, wow, I did not think that that is wow. That sounds that sounds pretty awesome. Did it take a while to do or not really? Oh,
1: right. No, because basically there's just one command uh, that you can use it that, you know, that you need to use with Emacs speak in order to get it to say things. And then there's a hook in ERC um, so that you can tell it anytime somebody mentions you make this special piece of code happen. So, yeah, you can if you dig into the internals, not very deeply into the internals, those are like variables you can customize. You can make this stuff work.
0: Oh, wow, that's pretty interesting.
1: <laughs> right. I know, right? Weird. <laughs> oh, all
0: right. So uh, the next question, what do you mostly use uh, Emacs for?
1: Well, of course, there's programming, but I'm really curious about using Emacs for all sorts of other things. Uh, so, for example, I have this little bit of org mode that um, that lets me use Emacs for meal planning so I can, you know, have a list of recipes and I can say, okay, you know, remind me about this in a month or like two months. And this one is beef or or pork or chicken. And it makes this table that shows me, okay, you know, like for the next week or so, this is what you've got planned. I don't use it all the time, but when I do use it so that I can remember all these things I haven't been cooking lately, it's actually really fun that you can do this. (laughs)
0: All right, sweet. I have a question. Do you also use uh, Emacs to edit uh, uh, Google Docs files? Or you haven't gone or haven't tried that out? Because I I I tried doing that, but uh, it seemed like a lot of trouble to go through
1: it. You know, I I haven't really looked into it, mostly because if I'm just writing things for myself, then I'll use org mode in the text file, right? Um, If I want to save things so that they're somewhere in the web, then I will do that org mode or or whatever in a Dropbox or with Git. And it's only when I want somebody else to be able to edit things at the same time that I'll turn to Google Docs. Um, But in general, if I'm sharing things with people, like if I'm sharing things with people who are also emacs and we might use git instead but i guess it's just for the real-time thing and i think there are some alternatives to google docs for real-time editing it just doesn't really come up with for me very often
0: hmm. all right all right yeah yeah uh i saw a package recently on uh, i think it was mopa that you can yeah. do uh, something like this kind of like pair programming
1: yeah, in real- yeah. Time
0: so i thought that was interesting i didn't really look into it but uh yeah that's why i was curious if uh if anybody has been able to do kind of like real time uh applications with uh, emacs you know typing per programming that kind of stuff i think that yeah. stuff
1: yeah there are lots of uh there are lots of ways that people have explored. So at the Emacs conference, someone was demonstrating how to use teammate and Tmux, which of course devolved into chaos when he shared the, you know, the uh, interactive SSH uh, information with everyone. Um, But yeah, it's it's great to see lots of different people trying out uh, different approaches that actually work quite well.
0: All right. Yeah. All right. So, uh i'm gonna say something when i started using emacs um i thought it was awesome kind of like basically everybody does so uh when i learned emacs i went straight to my friends and i told them hey you know there's this thing called emacs it is mind-blowing it's the best thing that has ever been created so i basically started preaching it to everybody did you uh kind of started preaching the word of emacs to anybody or not really
1: Actually, no. I mean, I, I started using Emacs when I was uh, taking up my computer science degree, and of course, I think by then till people were very much attached to Eclipse or or whatever, or they were you know getting by somehow. I don't know with Pico, or they were firmly into Vim or or whatever. I I, I tend to. I love sharing my enthusiasm about Emacs, but it's really more along the lines of, hey, did you know that you could do this cool thing um, and writing about that in my blog so that it's it's less about telling people, oh, you should use Emacs. It's so awesome. It'll change your life, although it, it will. Um, and more like, you know, if you're interested, here's some cool stuff that you can do with it. I'm not going to push you to, to get into it. But hey, you know, if you're curious, so you can ask.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... I kind of presented, well, well, kind of, I did present at Emacs comp, so <laughs> there's no kind in there, I did. So basically, um, what I did was I presented about the challenges of using Emacs, right? And mm-hmm. before I get into that, I just want to say something that that's right, you know, uh, instead of just saying that it's awesome, you got to kind of show it. And I've done some YouTube videos that's not uh, related to Emacs, but it's programming. And I was using Emacs in those videos, so they saw me jumping around and stuff like that and people would actually email me and ask me hey what are you using that looks so awesome and yeah. i said oh, okay sweet uh another way to reach out to more people for using emacs
1: yeah i think that's that's a real ticket right i mean even if you use a tool in a fairly basic way if you're comfortable with it then then people respond to that you know they're, they're curious about things that like, why do you have a tool that makes you so happy or or how on earth did you get your editor to do this this little thing that saves you all that time and that becomes the reason to get through the, the scary part of the learning curve
0: yeah 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 <laughs> all right so now uh since my rant was also about uh my emacs rants at the conference was also about the kind of like the barrier for entry beginners did you have any specific problems when starting to use emacs or or not really
1: well i don't think uh, i didn't really have a lot of people around here also using emacs and and so it was really just the internet and books um and uh, and figure things out but i think I think the main challenge for me with with Emacs learning is really the limitations of my own imagination, you know, just just realizing that something is possible because you're watching someone's video or reading someone's config and you're like, what on earth is that? Um because if I can't imagine it, then I'm not going to go and find out exactly how to do it. But uh, but once I see it or once I say, you know, this thing over here that I'm doing again and again, there must be a better way to do that. Then it becomes really easy to go and find something and maybe, like, you know, clutch it a little so that it fits into my config and fits the way that I work. But that, that I think, is the biggest challenge for me at this point, just imagining what else I want to do with, it, with Emacs and how I want to do it.
0: All right. Sweet. <laughs> now, um, so if someone was uh, like a beginner watching this or, uh, or later on as a reference, they just happened to land on this uh, podcast uh, listening or watching the video, would you have them any tips or recommendations for starting mm-hmm.
1: out? Well, Well, this, this is a tip that I, I find very useful myself still. Um, Mm -hmm. because we're always beginners, right? There's always something more to learn and and explore. It's so easy to, to get overwhelmed by all the different things that you need to learn or that you can configure or that you can, you can customize. And I often have to remind myself to slow down and not be frustrated because I can't just learn everything like immediately. You're getting set up exactly that I want right away. I can't, you know, I can't even tell you how slowly I'm learning things like Colic or smart parents. I'm really just learning it one little bit at a time. But that learning things one little bit at a time and giving yourself time to to become comfortable with it and maybe just focusing on that next little step that you can you can really try out and and see if you can fit it into your workflow and and whatever that I think makes it a lot more manageable. So don't get intimidated by the fact that people are doing all sorts of crazy things with it. Just focus on, you know, start off using it as a basic text editor. It's totally all right to use the toolbar and the, you know, the menus and all that stuff. And then just gradually learn other things as you can, as you have the time and as it pays off for you.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's really uh, good. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. We're all beginners. I mean, uh, everybody's learning something new no matter how much experience you have and uh yeah i mean i remember starting out with uh you know what four lines in my innate configuration you know i was like wow this is pretty small i see somebody else's they have you know folders and file structures and the hierarchy all figured out it's, wow so, yeah it slowly slowly starts growing as the more you learn so yeah um so what made you create resources uh at, like your site uh SashaChua.com. So, did you just started it for for fun or for a special reason or just?
1: Well, it's I, I, I basically started it because I can't really remember things. Um, I mean, you know, this is a bit of an exaggeration, but, uh, but I can't tell you how many times I've Googled for something uh, only to end up back on my own blog after six months, you know, writing this post and there's step-by-step instructions and how to do this like small technical thing. And it's, It's like, yes, yes, you know, I'm glad I wrote those notes. Mm -hmm. So it's helpful that that Emacs makes it so easy to take notes along the way, of course. And since I'm, if I kept it just on my computer, then I might lose it or I might not not be able to find it again. But if I put it out there, at least I can use a search engine. Um, And it's really nice when other people drop by and say, yeah, actually this saved me a couple of minutes too. Great. Fantastic. And it's even better when I, you know, I write about something that I've spent two hours or so figuring out. I'm very proud of my very, very clever solution. And it's almost like, didn't you know about this uh, five minute solutions? Like, you know, it's built in. It's, you know, it's variable that you change or whatever. And, and, and I'm like, why didn't you tell me about this earlier? But of course they wouldn't be able to, right? Um, So at least it's out there and I know a better way and other people looking for it, know a better way too. So I definitely recommend blogging.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 I started blogging as well, just to put random bits. And sometimes I have to, that are specific bits uh, that people might also need. So sometimes I have to go back to myself. So one of those blogs, I'm pretty sure a lot of people do that. Yeah. 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 And,
1: yeah, or whenever someone asks you, oh, how do you do that command completion that you have? And they're like, haha, I have a link. You know, <laughs> you can just go check this out where I've written down this explanation of things I've understood. And it does save a lot of time, and it it keeps the conversation growing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. So, yeah, all right, to remember things. Okay. All right. And
1: so, it uh, understand things as well. You find that when you start, trying to explain things and you don't have to be an expert or experienced or anything to to even just start explaining things. Even if you're just saying, you know, I'm really confused by this, but I think this is what's going on and here's some links and here's the output or, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. And these are the things that I'm considering. Even the process of writing about those things is very, very helpful.
0: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I know that, uh, for not, you just don't only have your, uh, your site, but you also do, uh, emacs chats which is kind of like a google hangouts as well mm. um so what made you uh, start that
1: okay so uh so you know i, I- you know how people are sharing their Emacs configurations on the web, which is fantastic. You know, I love reading through people's configs and and coming across packages that I wouldn't have otherwise heard about, and you know, seeing what kinds of keyboard shortcuts they've set up and the variables and whatever. But sometimes just reading a config doesn't give you a sense of how it all fits together. Like, how do they use it? Um, you know, why did they choose this customization or this variable setting or whatever? Uh, it's a little intimidating to kind of sit down and record a screencast sometimes or do a presentation or even write a blog post. A lot of people are like, well, that's a lot of work. But, um, but if you're just casually chatting with somebody else, you know, showing them what you do and how you do it, it's, it's a lot friendlier and, and they can ask questions and they can point out that cool thing that you take for granted that like you, you know, you've been doing it for years and, and other people are like, why does your mold line look like that? Or what's that cartoon cat doing in your status bar or whatever. Um so it's I find that that having a kind of conversation makes it easier to get stuff out of people's heads, you know, just get them to to show their workflow and 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 do that in a way that uh that's that's on video and other people can learn from even if they're not part of that original conversation so that's where Emacs chats came out of, you know just talking to people about their Emacs configuration or about the packages they use and and just how they use Emacs. And of course, getting a sense also of who they are, you know what else they're interested in, what they're like as as part of the community
0: No, yeah, definitely um, I think that's true because when someone codes or does a piece of code, um, you don't know what they're thinking, everybody thinks differently, so their mindset might you might you might learn something new on the way that they did it, so asking them person to person uh that that's a great way to learn so yeah absolutely. Um, yeah so what's the status of Vmax chats are you going to continue to make them or cuz i know you released one like 2 weeks ago or a week ago I- i'm not you sure did.
1: Um oh that was uh that was a follow-up with Mas Massa after his uh cool demo of graphics in Emacs. So we, we walked through a little bit of code uh afterwards so he had more time to uh to to demonstrate things and explain. I have been scheduling a lot of Emacs chats lately because I always get anxious, you know, like what if I you know what if I'm I'm too fuzzy brained to ask interesting questions or uh like how do I, you know, how do I set this up and And whatever Um, Emacs Hangouts, which are more informal and less of this, you know, two people thing. Maybe there are sometimes eight people, 10 people, whoever shows up, right? They're a little bit easier to schedule because it's basically set the time and and show up and whoever else shows up can chat about whatever they're interested in talking about. But even then, sometimes I think, oh, no, what if nobody shows up or what if it gets really awkward? Um, So ideally, if somebody else wanted to set up these things and just schedule them and make them happen, I can just show up. And, and chat with other people about Emacs, that would be great. But in the meantime, you know, it'll it'll happen when it happens.
0: Yeah, uh, okay, sweet. Do <laughs> you get requests uh, to make them with a certain person or not really? Or... I do,
1: like with the Emacs chats especially, since that's more of a deep dive into someone's particular way of using Emacs. And, you know, people have, have suggested all sorts of fascinating people, like the, the Space Emacs guy, right? You know, it would be great to uh, to dig into how people actually use these things um and i am totally for people other people also kind of setting up these so i'm hoping your podcast series you know takes off and and digs into these these uh fascinating topics um yeah because we we really could use a lot of these workflow type conversations
0: yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's one of the reasons that I created this podcast as well. I guess you can call it a selfish region. Uh, oh, self- totally,
1: absolutely. Best way to learn. Good yeah, excuse yeah. to go, like, ask people that you really look up to or that you are curious about.
0: Yeah, 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 you know, just learn about their configuration and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, and it's
1: nice because it's a, like because it's recorded and it's shared, and you know, and you can put it in a blog post or you can extract tips from it, whatever. It, it really it multiplies the time. So you know, they spend. 30 minutes and are talking to you and you can get feedback back for like months afterwards saying, you know, I was listening to this and I t- I came across this useful package and it was so helpful. So it's, it's great to get that kind of knowledge out there.
0: Yeah. yeah. So one of the things, uh, uh, that I guess at the conference, the, uh, the UMX conference was, uh, I guess you can say I was just ranting the whole time, <laughs> but, uh, uh, because when I started learning, um, the, uh, I was on IRC as well on the Emacs channel, and uh, sometimes I would get, uh, you know, not the most uh, helpful answer, kind of vague. So I wasn't really, uh, you know, I, I didn't feel like uh, welcome. You know, like they kind of expected me to know all of this already. Maybe, that, you know, just some of the people that were already there that I happened to uh, ask the question to or something. But uh, what do you think of the current uh, Emacs community as of now? <laughs>
1: I'm sorry you had that experience. Um so there's there's a thing called the curse of knowledge or the curse of expertise, right? Where once you've learned something, you forget how much of a struggle it was to learn that. And so people sometimes who are quick to say, read the effing manual, forget mm-hmm. that actually the manual is a little hard to read, or especially if you, you don't know what the terms mean, or how it all fits together, or where to even start looking. Uh, but in general, like I, f- I find the Emacs community to be pretty friendly. It's a little difficult sometimes, because there's so many different ways to use and configure Emacs. Uh, even with the starter kits, you know, there's the, you know, even like, for example, with evil mode, I have very little experience with it. I would love to help people more when they have questions, but I just have no idea what's going on. So uh, this, I can help a little bit by searching, but mm. it's hard. And you multiply that by all the different possibilities in the Emacs channel or Emacs Stack Exchange. And if you're lucky, you'll find someone who's recently struggled with the same issues you have. Um, and and then you can connect and you can get your answers sorted out quickly. But um but often it's like, well, can I maybe I can point you to some resources that might be helpful, but you'll still have to do a, a fair bit of figuring things out yourself. And that is a bit of a challenge for people who are new.
0: Yeah, yeah. I find, you know, when I was reading the manual and stuff and online as well, I kinda didn't understand some of the terms. For example, uh font locking, I did not know that meant syntax <laughs> highlighting. I thought it was something else. That caught <laughs> yeah. me a surprise.
1: A trick I picked up um, a long time ago was to... Uh, especially with books that have a lot of terms you don't understand or, or manuals are like, I like that as well, is to read the entire thing several times. Um, mm-hmm. And I find actually that every time I read the Emacs manual or the org manual, I learn something new. Like I think that the most recent time I reread the Emacs manual, I learned about Control X8, which lets you like, like for example, Control X8 enter, I think, let's you input the Unicode characters by name. And so I spent the next like 30 minutes inserting Snowman, you know, into my my text um but when you start you know reading things without stressing out about comprehension so much not worrying so much about weird terms you might find that a bit later on you read the same term in a different context and it makes it easier for you to understand or you read someone's blog post and you're like oh okay this makes sense now a little bit more Uh, so it's it's like it's yeah not giving up and and keeping on reading and, and slowly getting a sense of what everything means
0: yeah. Actually, uh one of the things that actually helped me stay on uh learning Emacs was I saw one of your hangouts and I'm pretty sure the reason why I kept sticking with Emacs was cuz I kept seeing uh the the you know the monthly uh Emacs hangouts and I'm pretty sure if I hadn't found that I would have probably just uh, dropped uh, Emacs. I said, uh, I, don't, "I don't really see any good people around here." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, your, your hangouts. Actually, I think it's one of the reasons why, main reasons why I stick with Emacs so far.
1: I'm so. I'm very happy that that helped you. I and mean, one of the things that makes Emacs so much fun for me is is that sense of the people and the community in it. Like, I've I I look at the package list or or people's configs, and I I get a sense that every one of those lines is somebody who has said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if Emacs could do this?" or, or you know, they're like, uh, oh, you know, I'm getting really frustrated about this. Let me just fix it for myself, and and maybe share that with other people." And this this the sense of of other people in this community of of people who who are figuring things out and are enthusiastic about stuff. That I think is is something I hope lots of other people experience and get to know.
0: Okay, yeah. well, at least you know that you know I'm I'm one of the people affected though, by the work that we've done.
1: Well, I because of this podcast recording, I finally got around to scheduling the one for October. So there's one in October 14, um, and I've put the link into into the the show notes, so we can add to that eventually when get when we post it. But yeah, you know, if we can get if we can get a monthly Emacs hangout going or maybe even more often where it's totally like, you know, maybe there's someone with a prepared talk or whatever. Maybe it's just people chatting because who can be bothered to prepare. But it's really it's like a virtual Emacs meetup for the people of, you know, for, for those among us who are not a, not lucky enough to live in London or or New York or all those places with with actually large Emacs meetups. so cow, like, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh, so Another question about the Emacs Hangout. Did you try to do that uh, as well, just to uh, bring kind of, like, the community closer? Like I was saying, yeah, because because of those, I actually felt like I was part of something. So th- is that, like, another reason why you created them, or...?
1: Well, I, I think you learn so much about Emacs by looking over someone's shoulder, right? By... by- just watching someone do something that you have no idea was was possible, or hearing about cool stuff as, as people show you know, uh, show off mm-hmm. their configs or 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 even their questions, I that's one of the reasons why I enjoy hanging out in the Emacs channel on FreeNode whenever I remember to actually start up uh, uh the the Emacs Relay chat uh, client, but also you know having it in video, having it with screen sharing, that's a lot of fun. So the, the Emacs Hangout was really just me being too lazy to start an in well, too lazy and too introverted to start an in-person um, in person Hangout in Toronto. There are a couple of other Emacs things apparently, but it requires organizational skills to get people together. Mm-hmm. But online, it's it's easy to reach out, and then you can you can connect with anyone. And, even if they're in a different place or actually very different time zones. We've had people like stay up in the middle of the night to go to one of these things. And it's incredible. But of course people are, you know, if you want to organize one that's a time zone better suited to you, totally go for it.
0: Okay. All right. Sweet. (laughs) Thanks for the answer. (laughs) Um, So when you started the Emacs chats or uh, any other, uh, the other Google Hangouts, did you have any, uh, Problems or people kind of saying, you know, that's not a good idea or any type of, you know, like negative feedback or anything around that.
1: Oh, the Emacs community has actually been really awesome. I, I have very low expectations for these things. So basically, it's okay. Let's show up and talk about random things related to Emacs, um, and and people bring fascinating fascinating tips and and cool packages and little demonstrations and questions. So that's great. Um, I think actually most of the the negative stuff is mostly me worrying that nobody will show up or that it'll be awkward, you know, big silences and, oh, did I, you know, what will I do? I I don't have anything interesting Emacs related to report myself. Um, But other people, whenever I like just step back and let people chat, um, it works out. Uh, so that, yeah, I just have to, to get over my holy cow. What if I'm too fuzzy brained and, you know, on the date and, you know, just, if i scheduled in advance. Um, and people come, then they come, and you have a great conversation. Um, I guess the other thing is, in terms of technology, I've been using Google Hangouts on air because it's easy to you know, get people together, get it streamed for the people who just want to watch, get it you know, recorded for the people who want to watch afterwards. And then, of course, once it's on YouTube, people can do whatever they want to the video as well, including listening to it or downloading it or, or watching it, uh, like putting it in blog posts. But um, but because it's Google, people or some people are like, well, I don't know about this. I don't want to have a Google account or or use Google products. I'm very glad that the Emacs conference folks, you know, explored a lot of these uh, other web conferencing alternatives. So, you know, Jitsi might be one. Or but I haven't found anything that quite covers that combination of of web conferencing and streaming and broadcasting. But it's something that other people who want to host the next Emacs Hangouts, can certainly go and figure out.
0: Hmm, okay, so going just a little bit back about the about you overthinking stuff for uh, for you know your Hangouts. Uh, yeah, I get that feeling. I'm hanging I know, out. <laughs> <You're doing that laughs> which huh? which yeah. is
1: actually one of the reasons why I. Uh, Like, Emacs chats are, you know, more focused and one-on-one, et cetera, et cetera. But the Emacs hangout, because there are more people. It's it's like I I actually like group conversations more than one-on-one conversations because if I need to, like, kind of take a small break and just relax and listen for a bit, other people can keep on chatting and they'll come up with interesting questions I would never have thought of. So that works out really well for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, I was wondering as well if my questions would be, you know, uh, Top tier material or or something like that, but what uh, was we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, which and, is and also you know, since you're planning to have a co-host for for future episodes, that's another great tactic too,
0: because yeah. then
1: um, somebody else can be listening for for that opportunity for an interesting follow up question or whatever. I find sometimes um, when I'm the one trying you know trying to host an and interview or whatever, it, it gets a little buzzy in my head. It's it's hard to pay, you know, just, you, you start worrying about things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it turns out that actually Emacs seeks are very nice and non-intimidating and will help you out. Um, and, um, and, yeah, and especially if you get several of them together, then it becomes a, an even better conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, going back to the Emacs community, what do you think we can do uh, to improve Emacs as a whole or to just... Uh you know, uh spread more about the Emacs passport, you know, better the community, stuff like that.
1: Well, I really like how people are are sharing more in terms of blog posts or videos or whatever else. It's you know definitely there's there's all sorts of things we can do from helping absolute beginners by, you know, creating tutorials and and creating safe spaces for them to go and figure things out. Um, There's, you know, there's also helping beginners become intermediate users. You know, how do you go beyond just using it as a simple text editor and start playing with it, start customizing it to fit you. And then there's the, you know, how do you, how do you get people really hooked um, in terms of, in terms of like getting Emacs to the point where you, you practically enjoy playing with it. You're, you know, you you have fun customizing it and and getting you to do what you want. I tend to spend most of my time thinking about the the latter part. You know, just the that well, you know, let's see what crazy things we can do with Emacs now. Um, but I love the fact that this entire range of 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 people working all along that spectrum, and not just in in terms of like you know programming and computer science and databases and stuff like that, but also people looking at things like org. Um, and reproducible research and statistics and uh, you know and all sorts of other applications of Emacs.
0: Yeah. So what I've noticed was that Emacs isn't really advertised in any way. Uh, so and what I found is that people who are looking for Emacs they just find it. So um, basically, I know that the, most of the advertising comes from the Emacs users themselves. No, know, uh, like I read a, a post about saying that Adam, Atom, Adam, uh, GitHub's new text editor, I think it's called Atom, something like that, is uh, has kind of like a, has a repository, kind of like Emacs, you know, Melpa and Marmalade, all that. And someone was ranting like on a black post that this is the new Emacs because uh, it already surpasses like uh, I think Melpa by packages. But I mean, cool. when you when you think about it. Um, Get uh that text editor was heavily advertised by Adam. I mean, I would get spammed about the news, and they would even mention it like whenever you logged in to GitHub. I said, okay, I get it. You guys are launching a new uh, a new uh text editor. But what I feel is that if people actually try to advertise, I think there will be a large. Uh, I think it will grow large the population. Uh. Largely because I mean, once you try Emacs, it's mind blowing. I mean, wow! Why haven't I ever heard of this before? Why you, has nobody ever shown me stuff like that? So, I mean, yeah. that, that's just my opinion. of If uh, we actually advertised of, of some kind,
1: <laughs> I get the sense that a lot of a lot of times Emacs spreads because somebody sees someone doing something cool, right? Or they mm-hmm. they, they hear you know you're if you're uh, Often talking about, oh, I, you know, I did this really nifty thing, um, and then they start wondering, how is it possible that you could do this? You know, how's it, how is it, like, how how can you do that with a text editor with your tools? And I, I have a feeling that that's, that that's how Emacs senses spread. And it's for me at least, it it's a totally all right way to do that. It's it's perfectly legitimate. We don't really need to take out billboards or things like that. Yeah. It does spread a bit slowly. Then, I mean it seems a little cruel, for example, for, well, not cruel, but, you know, but if you had, like, you know, if you said, okay, everyone must use Emacs in your, like, lecture class or your uh, your company or whatever, it, it might kind of, it runs the risk of killing their intrinsic enjoyment of Emacs. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But if, on the other hand, it's more organic, it's more, uh, you know, like, huh, I am curious about this. I see you're having a lot of fun with it. You're doing really cool stuff and it helps you. Uh It might be worth my learning how to do this as well because I want that feeling of excitement and joy and occasional frustration, but also that feeling of triumph and accomplishment. I think that it makes sense for Emacs to spread that way. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely had my... uh you know, moments of, oh man, I can't get this to work. And then when I finally get it, I feel awesome, you know, for like, <laughs> and then I realize how simple the solution was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I understand.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so like, you know, I, I I don't expect it to suddenly take over everything, although with evil mode and, you know, so often there's like this mass migration of, of people from one defunct text editor, like, uh, what, a, what there was there was this big Ruby migration sometime before um either the funk tax or because this you know this tool really takes off like the way that mag maggot or Magit um eh, is is pulling people into emacs uh so there's there's certainly like mass waves of stuff like that going on, mm-hmm. but even you know, one by one um spark by spark that works too yeah.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, maggot or maggot or however it's pronounced. I, I always get
1: confused whenever I yeah. say things. Yeah. So you want to say it's like it's it's like magic, but it's <laughs> also git, right? So it does yeah. weird things to your brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I actually tried it and it's mind blowing. Uh, now I know why everybody was ranting about it. It's it's amazing. I, I love it. I yeah. can't imagine life without it. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So packages like that also help you stick to uh, Emacs. So I know that uh, I think you interviewed someone who mostly used Emacs for Org mode, and that's the only reason why they stuck with it. Yeah, and
1: that's totally all right too.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh. Personally, I don't like Org mode. I'm probably gonna that's have
1: cool.
0: all my viewers just leave right now. So yeah. Uh. But yeah. Um. At, at least I haven't uh, found or stuck oh. enough with Org mode for me to actually like it or stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: And it's a nice, you know, the nice thing about Emacs is that there are a lot of options out there, and and lo- and a lot of those options are because people have thought about what they wanted and have carefully sculpted, you know, whatever you know, Emacs list or whatever into something that fits them. Maybe fits a couple of other people, and then as more requests come in, they you know, make it fit a few more people, and and on and on, and you get these these lovely kind of sets of possibilities that may be very very different from each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely diverse. Yeah. Um so since we've been talking a lot about the community already, um, have you seen anything from uh from the Emacs of how difficult it is to change, you know, the like uh, the Emacs culture point of view to uh, something else or you know, how it trans the transition from one point of view to another one or something along that area?
1: I haven't looked much into, uh, say, for example, what's going on with core development, and you know, the, I I understand they're you know getting a little concerned over making sure you know, there's enough people getting into core development and and keeping things going and understanding the complexities of how things work together on that level. Um, I haven't dug into it myself, so I don't know like how difficult it is to get into, although. For me, it sounds a little intimidating. Still, so someday I will sit down and 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 try to learn that stuff. Um, but in terms of the external things like that or the in-app the extensions, the, um, the the packages, it does feel like there's a lot of exciting activity now. You know, with, with the ease of creating and releasing packages and and keeping them up to date, and the fact that people are learning from each other in terms of development practices, at I'm very excited about that part of the, the community and I can't wait to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, all right, sweet. Yeah, I was following up, uh, well, actually just read about, you know, like one of the core maintainers of Emacs leaving. It's
1: yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw a Reddit post saying that, you know, we need to get more people into into the core because if we don't, then the people who actually know how everything works is going to leave. And then once they want to make something, it's going to be a, a they're going to be in real trouble to uh, basically, it's going to be really difficult to change something without actually knowing yeah. how everything is, you know, put together.
1: Uh, like I guess oddly, enough, like when it, when, when it comes to Emacs and change, I often find that a lot of the changes I make are actually to my own behavior. <laughs> you know, just learning how to use the things that are already there. And then the next level is learning how to configure or maybe even modify slightly the packages I use. i I haven't come across anything that I want to change Core for, um, mainly because the first two layers are keeping me very, very occupied. But um, I'm sure some days, you know, I or other people will get into that. And it's it's amazing to see what's, what's been possible so far with what we have.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I tried looking at, you know, some of the stuff from Core, and I got to say it's no, you, you can learn quite a bit of Elisp and uh, seeing all that good stuff if you, if you pay attention. But, yeah, it will take you a good time to actually go through everything. <laughs> yeah. all right, um, I think that's about everything. Um, do you have any uh, shout-outs that you want to give or tips or links or anything of that sort?
1: uh, You've mentioned that kind of that sense of the Emacs community as being one of the things that's kept you going, and Mm -hmm. so if people are listening to this and want to get more of that sense of what the Emacs community is like, I really like reading uh, a So that's planet p l a n e t. Dot .Emacsen.org um, as a way to very quickly discover all sorts of Emacs-related blogs uh, in one place. And if you have an Emacs-related blog and it's not on there yet, please contact the maintainers, um, Edward O'Connor, for example, for the English one, uh, to, to get yours added. So there's that. And I also like looking at uh, Reddit Emacs. so reddit.com slash r slash emacs, Gets you lots of, you know, links and discussions sometimes about thing, all sorts of things that are Emacs related. So that's really cool. And I'm looking forward to more podcast episodes from you, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just need to, you know, get more. I have a couple of shows more lined up. I just need to set the time, right? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it is, you know.
0: And, yeah. So, yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's great to hear from people and, and to get that sense that, hey, you know, the, that there are people in this, and they're actually really cool. And uh, and you learn all sorts of things that you might not have expected to. Yeah. So I'm all for more conversations.
0: Yeah, I, I just want more people to, you know, do stuff, you know, to promote Emacs, you know, and not just, you know, show that people, there are actually people in Emacs that use Emacs and stuff like that. Because, I mean, you're doing it, so uh, and I think what you do is awesome. So I just said, you know what, let me try it. Let's see what happens. Go for it. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, yeah. well, thank you for doing the Hangouts. Uh, Yeah, if it wasn't for the Hangouts, I probably wouldn't be here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, we'll keep on doing more of them then.
0: Okay, all right. All right, guys, thank you for listening. And again, I apologize for the audio, but I already recorded the second episode, and I double-checked that the mic was connected. All right, so thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye.